Shake the Room, Fire Nation. JLD here with an income report for March of 2020. This is our third income report of the Roaring Twenties, and it was a roaring month for us. Gross income-wise, we brought in $220,439. Our expenses for the month of March were $41,962 for a total net profit of $178,477. And that is an increase of over 57K from February. And there is a reason for that, which we'll get down to in the breakdown of the income report. But the number that I want to bring your attention to once again is the percentage of net profit to our overall gross revenue was 81% this month. And when we are over 80%, I am a happy, happy person, Fire Nation. So Really proud of us for the month of March for all of those reasons. And we have the full cast and components of the income reporters today. We obviously have Kate Lynn Erickson in the house. So Kate, say a quick hello. What's up, Fire Nation? We also have David Lizabram in the house who's going to be giving us an amazing legal and timely tip. So David, say what's up, brother. How's it going? And last but certainly not least is Mr. CPA on fire himself. JB is in the house. Josh, say what's up. And then just go ahead, brother. Take it away. Dive into the three tips to make sure that our business survives during COVID-19. <laughs> yeah. What's up, Fire Nation? I mean, we don't really have anything financially to talk about right now, do we? Nothing going on in the world? No. God. No. Yeah, no, I, I can't say I ever imagined this income report tip coming. Um, did not see a pandemic hitting the, the globe and, and shutting things down, but here we are. So we're going to give three quick tips here to kind of weather this storm and, and at least come out intact on the other side and, and maybe even come out better. And tip number one, uh, look, when it comes to the financial part of the game, don't panic. And I know this is easier said than done. I know there are businesses out there that have literally been forced to close their doors and, and can't bring in income. Um, but panicking, it, when it, especially when it comes to finances with anything, obviously panicking isn't going to help. You need a clear mind. You need to see what the options are. And by not panicking, you're going to be able to execute the next two steps we go over. Number two, I want you to know what type of help you're entitled to, and I want you to pursue that help relentlessly. And I'm going to go over what's available to U.S. business owners, but obviously almost every country has been impacted at this point. Almost every country is offering something to help people. So if you're not in the U.S., just know there's almost certainly help out there that you need to explore. But on the U.S. side of things, you probably heard that the Congress passed this $2 trillion economic stimulus package. And there's a lot of different things in there, but there's three different things I want to point out that are available to specifically to business owners. Um, The first is the actual stimulus cash they're sending out. That's not just business owners. That's everybody. Right. And it's twelve hundred dollars per individual, which means if you're married, that's twenty four hundred dollars plus five hundred dollars for each of the kids you have. Right. And so this for the average family, this is going to be three to four thousand dollars of straight in money that they're going to put right into your account. And it, all you gotta do is meet the income thresholds. They're gonna put it right into your d- same account that you use to file your tax returns. There's nothing special you have to do there, but those should start hitting in the next two weeks, okay? That's the first help you're gonna get from the government. 
Next, they made some pretty significant changes to unemployment benefits. Those are traditionally not available to most small business owners or entrepreneurs. They have opened that up so that small business owners who are impacted by COVID-19 are had their income drop or, or go away completely. They can now apply for unemployment through their state. On top of that, the federal government is now adding in an additional $600 per week to your unemployment benefits. So this could be a pretty decent chunk of change for some people. Maybe for you, it won't replace entirely what you lost, but it's going to help you get through this disaster period. All right. So I know states are overwhelmed right now. There's, I, I'm in Ohio. I'm getting questions all the time from people wanting help because they can't get through. This is where the part of pursue it relentlessly comes in. You've got to take control of the situation and find a way to apply, call over and over, get on that website over and over, make it happen. Don't get discouraged. Just keep going. All right. Finally, there are two programs that the SBA Small Business Association uh, created as a part of this package, uh, specifically for small business owners. The first one is called the Economic Injury Disaster Loan. And this is a loan for up to $2 million at very favorable rates and terms. Okay. Low interest. I think the max is 4%. It can be spread out over 30 years potentially. But best of all, the first 10,000 of this is going to be considered a grant and you never have to pay it back. Okay, and you can take just the grant. You don't even have to take the loan after that. I highly recommend if you have not already go to the Small Business Association website and apply for this grant. There's only a limited amount. I don't know if they've been taken, but it, it doesn't hurt. I did it. I have a video. It, it takes 10 minutes to apply. Okay. Second, and this one's even better, is called the Payroll Protection Program. And this is for businesses to be able to continue to pay their employees and themselves and things like rent or mortgage or loan payments while they have this loss of income. Right? And I did another video here. I think, uh, Kate, we linked to it in the income report discussing the ins and outs of it. But basically, you're going to take your average payroll costs over each month over the last 12, 12 months. All right. So if you're if you pay out employees, including yourself, ten thousand dollars a month, you're going to get two and a half times that in this program. So twenty five thousand dollars in that case. If you use that on expenses that they say you can use it on payroll, mortgage, rent, a few other things, utilities, it's all in there. If you use it on those things, this is going to be 100 percent forgiven, meaning you never have to pay it back. There's strictly trying to help you get through this time. And then best of all, unlike most of the times that loans are forgiven, you do not have to turn, go, turn around and claim it as taxable income. So and I, I threw a lot of things out there, John. Does that all make sense? It does. Just one question on the EIDL yeah. loan. You can only apply for that one or the, pay, the payroll protection program. You can't do both. Is that correct? Good question. Kate and I were actually talking about this beforehand. And you can actually pursue all three of these things, right? It's not one or the other. Now with the two different loans, it gets a little complicated. You can apply for both, but you can only accept one of the two if you're approved for both. So my recommendation is talk to your bank before you do either one. This is something that is actually done directly through your bank, especially the big one, the payroll protection program. I would talk to them, see what you're eligible for with the payroll protection program, and then see if it makes sense to turn around and apply for the EIDL as well. All right. But in theory, you could potentially be able to get a portion of all three of these things, depending on how you use them. But the, the takeaway here is there's help out there. You have to know how to get it. You have to know who to talk to. Ask questions over and over again. If your bank is saying, oh, this is tough, I don't know, whatever, go to the next bank, go to the next bank, go to the next bank. The people that we see that are surviving this so far are the people that know the questions to ask, know who to ask them to, and then just relentlessly go after it. All right, this is survival mode.
Well, let's talk about the last part of the CPA on fire chat, which is rethinking our business. This is step three. The economy's changing, right? I mean, temporarily, obviously, no one can leave their house, 90% of the country, whatever it is, then shelter in place. So businesses that have not been able to operate remotely, they're either shutting down or they're figuring out a way to operate remotely. So the one thing you probably have that you may not have had in a long time right now is more time. I think people should be using that time to rethink their business and how they can adapt to not only these short-term changes, but whatever long-term changes come out of this. You know, we all know that every time there's a major economic crisis, major long-lasting permanent changes come from that. I'd be starting to think ahead and saying, how can I adapt my business to whatever economy emerges from this crisis? Maybe something you should have been doing a long time ago. Now you have the time to do it. You want to come out of this even even better shape than you went into it. But for the first step is surviving it. So that's it. That's all I got, John. Hopefully that helps people. I know this is a really hard time for business owners, for everybody, but you got to know what you're doing. Think with a clear head, go get the help you need and just try and reimagine your business. Well, I love this entire section, Josh. Thanks for sharing it with us. I enjoyed that webinar that you and your business partner did the other day. I watched that entirely, learned a lot about these programs. And as Josh mentioned, Kate is going to link up um, a couple of videos that Josh is going to provide for us about you know going through these loan um, application processes and all the other things. So eofire.com slash income seven nine is going to get you to the page with all of the links. So as always, head over to cpaonfire.com, email josh at cpaonfire.com. He's here for you, Fire Nation, and we are going to get through this together. And speaking of which, there's a lot of people right now a lot of people, and actually Kate and I fall into this category, who have either outstanding contracts or part of um, events that had contractual obligations that have now been canceled. And there's all this stuff going on with coronavirus and the contracts that we have may be void, they may be null, they may not be. There's a lot of questions going around. So of course, David brought the heat, and he is going to break down contracts under coronavirus for so we can know exactly where we stand on all of this stuff. So David, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks for joining us. And what do you have? So thanks for letting me uh, talk here. Now, what I'm discussing, of course, isn't legal advice, but just some perspective from an attorney who is working day in and day out with uh, businesses who are dealing with the coronavirus pandemic. And of course, businesses of every shape and size and type are being affected, as you guys and Josh ably described. So lots of business owners are looking carefully at the quote-unquote boilerplate terms in the back of their contracts. And these are the terms that annoying lawyers like me have been banging on about for years and years saying, oh, no, this is important. We need to look at this. We need to negotiate this. We need to work on this. And lots of business owners are, you know, sometimes focus on uh, the front of the contract, the, you know, the pricing and the basic details first, but uh, all this stuff matters. So, you know, the boilerplate, the stuff in the back of the contract, that includes everything from, you know, we're talking about office leases, contracts between businesses, contracts for events, you name it. Anything that is a contract with, you know, those kind of terms is going to have boilerplate in it. And many, if not most contracts, exclude one or both parties or all the parties from certain obligations on the contract under what's often called a force majeure clause. And that's force like F-O-R-C-E, like the force from Star Wars, majeure, M-A-J-E-U-R-E. It's a Latin term, so you're all getting your Latin education today as well. <laughs> um, 
sometimes this clause goes by other terms and they'll say something like act of God, um, you know, but it all really basically means the same thing. And in addition, many U.S. states have incorporated force majeure into their legal codes. So that means that this this concept may apply even if it doesn't appear in the written contract. So if you look at your contract, you know whether it's a lease or a contract between you and another business or whatever, uh, and it doesn't say force majeure or act of God or anything like that, because of the law of your state or the state where the contract is uh, takes place, uh, it still may apply. So how does this work? The basic principle is one of fairness. It's that you should not be responsible for something that's out of your control. So following that, if the pandemic has caused you to be unable to perform on a contractual obligation, you may be excused from that obligation under this legal doctrine. So let me give you an example. Uh, Let's say your state has imposed a lockdown and prevented your business from remaining open or prevented an event from going forward. Let's say you were scheduled to... uh, you know, participate in a conference or something like that. And now the state has said that's not an essential business. We're on lockdown. You can't do that. It's a misdemeanor or for one reason or the other, you're not allowed to do it. That may trigger the force majeure clause in the contract or under state law. Um, likewise, if you or someone you're taking care of has become ill with the con- with the virus and that's caused you to be unable to work. So let's say, you know, that you're not under lockdown. Uh, maybe things have opened up in a few months, uh, but there's still people out there with pockets of, you know, getting sick. And uh, the, the event or contract is supposed to go forward, but you or someone you're taking care of has become ill with coronavirus or COVID-19 and that's caused you to be unable to work. The same thing, that may trigger a force majeure uh, defense Uh, to getting out of that contractual obligation. So I just want to be clear. Force majeure does not mean that due to the pandemic, every legal obligation is forgiven. Every contract is now void. You know, we're starting from scratch from, you know, day one in the Garden of Eden. It doesn't work that way. If you're still able to deliver on the contract, for example, if it's something where you can work from home and do the contract just as well, force majeure will not excuse you from your obligations. Um, now, I just want to say the force majeure doctrine is you know, a complicated and nuanced part of the law, and it's about to be stress-tested as it never has before. Unfortunately, we are in a topsy-turvy world, and courts are just not going to be used to looking at this many uh, situations where force majeure may come into play. So don't just assume that you can rely on this doctrine to excuse you from a legal obligation like, let's say, paying rent or delivering goods or services that you're obligated to deliver. Definitely consult an attorney to see if you may be excused from a contractual obligation, and if so, what the scope of that excuse might be. And if you have more questions about how your business can navigate this unprecedented challenge, you can contact me, David Lizerbram. Uh, If you Google David Lizerbram attorney and you spell it even close to right, you're going to find me. (laughs) And uh, I'm happy to, uh, I'm always happy to talk to uh, members of Fire Nation, uh, people uh, listen to this and they reach out to me and, and I love helping those people. So if you have questions, you could be one of those people. So uh, don't be shy. I love it. Well, thank you, Josh. Thank you, David. You both provided unbelievable value for myself, for Kate and for all of Fire Nation during these very difficult, very strange, very different times. Want to appreciate it. And I want to say that we appreciate it. And Fire Nation, please do reach out to these two individuals if you have situations where you need their professional unbelievable advice and services. And we will be bringing them back in upcoming income reports as we continue dealing with this. So thank you too so much. And we'll talk to you in future income report episodes. And Fire Nation, now we're going to shift to what went down in March. The Knowledge Broker Blueprint launch 
Dun, dun, dun. As we tease last income report, Fire Nation, we have some revealing things to share today. And I'm going to pass it over to Kate. I'm sure a lot of you have been uh, really wanting to hear from her. And just the lovely Caitlin Erickson is going to take over the mic. So Kate, what's up? What's up, Fire Nation? Great to be here with you again this month, eofire.com forward slash income seven nine, which you and I both know means that this is our 79th income report. Wowzers. We are bringing a lot of info your way in this episode. You just heard Josh and David drop amazing value bombs, very timely, relevant to right now. And John and I are excited to carry that on with some huge lessons that we learned in February, but mostly in March as we wrapped up the Knowledge Broker Blueprint launch. Now, I will say we have a lot of stuff to share with you in this income report, but I'm also working on a massive recap post where I'm going to be bringing our team members in. We're all going to be sharing different stats and things having to do with our individual expertise. And that is going to be coming up soon. So definitely look out for that. We want to Make sure that we hit a bunch of the points today, though. And I will start off by saying we learned so many incredible lessons from this launch. It was by no means your typical affiliate launch because we set out to do a few things that we have never done before as we approach this launch. So this started way back in September of 2019. And in that month, nearly five months before Knowledge Broker Blueprint was even set to launch, we set out to team up with another business to promote this affiliate launch. We committed and set a budget to spend over $100,000 on ads. And that was our original plan. We actually ended up spending over $200,000 on ads. (laughs) cringe. Uh, We set out to create a promo video series and host a five-day challenge leading up to the launch. I mean, bottom line, we set out to give this launch 110% to go all out, do things we'd never done before, leave it all on the field. And come February 2020, over five months later, we did all of that and more for the Knowledge Broker Blueprint launch. And again, we feel... We feel great about the way that we showed up for this launch. We feel great about the way that we showed up for our audiences. We feel really incredible about the way that we showed up for each other. Again, so many lessons learned, so much value provided, so much reciprocity given out to those who are a part of Fire Nation, who are a part of the Screw the 9 to 5 crew. But to be brutally honest, We don't feel great about one thing having to do with this launch, and that is the ROI. And that's the truth, Fire Nation. Every business owner fails along the way. There are a lot of projects and things that we've tested here at Entrepreneurs on Fire that have not worked. And while everyone loves to talk about all the things that do work, which of course we do too, because those are amazing lessons learned and we love sharing those with you. We also go out of our way to share with you the things that don't work. That's why we started this income report in the first place is to share with you what's not working for us so that you could avoid our mistakes, so that you could avoid the failures that we have encountered. 
taking a look back, some of those things were pod platform. That is the idea that John came up with before he came up with the idea for Podcasters Paradise, which, as you know, is now one of our flagship courses and products here at Entrepreneurs on Fire. We tested out uh, software as a service. We tried to launch a company business with a partner called Fire Up, and that did not work. I launched the Fire Path course back in 2014, I believe. That did not work. So, I mean, these are just a few of the failed launches that we've had over the years. But the biggest difference between Knowledge Broker Blueprint, which we're going to be talking about and diving into a little bit deeper here today, and these other failed launches that we've just shared with you is that we had full control to pull the plug on all those other things that I just mentioned before dedicating a significant amount of our bandwidth and our resources to them. We did not do that with Knowledge Broker Blueprint. Again, we went all in, we laid it all out on the table. And wow, we, I mean, I don't know what better way to describe it than we left it all on the table. What do you say, John? <laughs> I mean, we definitely left it all on the table. And a lot of that stuff we left on the table, we're never going to see again. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Again, going back to it, we can't call our involvement in this launch a total loss. There's so many positives that came out of this. And while it was the worst net profit generating thing that we've ever done in our business before, we are moving forward, looking ahead and considering this as a very high impact business activity with a low ROI. So high impact, because again, we were able to learn so many lessons from this. We were able to serve those who joined us in our five-day challenge, honestly, at a level that we would typically charge tens of thousands of dollars for. I'm even like blown away by the way that we showed up for this. And we were able to help 250 individuals join a program that will change their lives if implemented. Because, of course, we are big believers in Knowledge Broker Blueprint. And, you know, that's the high impact part, which is all incredible. The low ROI part is because of the months and months of super high intensity focus and bandwidth that we dedicated and what we saw in return for this entire launch from start to finish is hopefully netting 23% of our average monthly net revenue total for everything. So you've seen our numbers, you know that we pride ourselves on very high net revenue on that percentage month over month and this was definitely not that. High impact part, amazing. We love putting our energy and our effort towards things that make a huge impact for you guys. And that's why we started Entrepreneurs on Fire. But the most important lesson here is that you can't give all of your bandwidth and resources away to business activities that don't net a return that directly impacts your ability to stay in business. And that's never been truer than right now. I mean, you've heard what we've been talking about on this income report. If you were to involve yourself in activities like this consistently, then you wouldn't have a business. So, John, let's dive into what the heck happened. Are you going to jump in here? You want me to keep rolling? Well, let me give you a little bit of a break here, but um, not too long because this is mostly information, Fire Nation, that Kate has spent a ton of time compiling. So I definitely want to let you expound in the areas you want to expound upon. But we did, as Kate shared, invest heavily, 
heavily up front. I mean, we're talking for three months from December all the way through the end of February. We were literally 100% all hands on deck. I mean, I wasn't doing other projects. I wasn't doing other joint ventures. Like it was 100% focus for those three months. And, you know, we didn't just do it like the four of us. Like we were all all hands on deck but we also hired people. We actually hired people to come in and help us out. We hired a messenger bots expert. We hired a copywriter for the project. And we also tasked our virtual staff to get involved from an administrative side of things the entire time as well. And you know, here are some quick stats that Kate pulled afterwards is, we had over 400 tasks that were assigned in Asana for this project. 400! More than 20 <laughs> team meetings. And we all know meetings are more of a corporate thing. But, you know, we had to do, te- we had to do meetings to, to, uh, to kind of stay on the same page. But, uh, man, 20. We did over 30 Facebook Lives over the course of the challenge, which is just an insane number. And we filmed for more than 40 hours. I mean, all this combined... This is just a massive, massive, massive energy drain, an energy focus, an energy lift as well, because a lot of it was fun and we enjoyed a lot of it as well, um, at the same time. Now, one of the things that was huge, especially for those 40 hours of film, is that we said we were going to create a video series uh, to run for our Facebook ads. We also decided we were going to be hosting these lives within our Facebook group within this five-day challenge, which turned into like a nine or 11-day challenge, which we obviously were joking about throughout as like day 147 of our five-day challenge because it just kept going and going and going. And I mean, we just literally went all out. And again, just to repeat, I mean, we hired people to come and work for us as independent contractors for copy, for bots. I mean, we did so much work. I mean, we had those meetings, those tasks, all of that stuff. And we did that all expecting that this was going to be a huge ROI for us because last year, with literally a fraction of the time, a fraction of the monetary investments, a fraction of everything. It was essentially just me last year. Like I was like basically the only person doing anything on this and I wasn't even going all out. Like I was just like, yeah, I'll I'll support Tony and Dean's launch for sure. You know, we crushed it. We came in sixth place. We did a total by the end, 312 sales. I mean, it was a massive net profit win, uh, win for us. You know, we got that amazing trip to Fiji out of the whole thing, which Kate and I had an uh, absolute blast doing. And it was just amazing for all of those reasons. Obviously, this year we were saying, well, hey, what if we put in a hundred times the effort, we'll at least get 10 times the results. And of course, if we got 10 times the results, that would have been like, over, you know, obviously well over a thousand sales. Um, but, you know, even if we got like six or seven times the results, we were going to do like over a thousand sales. That would have been over a million dollars in commissions, not not just total, that would have been a million dollars in commissions that we would have generated. So that's what we were aiming for. You know, we were shooting for the moon and we're like, well, even if we miss, we'll land amongst the stars. Well, we pretty much landed, you know, somewhere by that low hanging cloud. Let's just say that. Like we didn't even break through the atmosphere to get into outer space. So there's no moon, there's no stars, there was just a low-hanging cloud. So again, as Kate has mentioned, so much work, not a total fail. We didn't lose money. Like We ended up generating some revenue, very little amount overall. And again, if you were to kind of go ahead and do the numbers and say, 
what was the hourly wage that John, Kate, Jill, and Josh got overall? Which, Kate, please don't do that because it'll just be painful to know. But it'll be a small dollar amount of hourly wage that we generated from this. Um, but again, we want to learn from it um, and we want to um, you know, continue to share our lessons with you. So, Kate, why don't you take back over, you know, kind of around the area where we started to kind of ramp up our efforts and be omnipresent with all the things. Yeah, I mean, we really did do all the things. We were doing Facebook ads, Instagram stories, push notifications, messenger bots, email sequences, blog posts, podcast episodes, voice messages, text messages, sponsored messages, video reviews, one-to-one outreach. We even put physical postcards in the mail. (laughs) And you know what? I look back at all of this and I really can't help but just smile ear to ear because not only the time and the growth that we were able to have together with Jill and Josh, which was really amazing. Not only us living up to and playing full out, playing to win with everything that we did, but one of my favorite things about this whole launch was that five-day challenge that we hosted. And that was one of our last-minute pivots. I mean, we had planned to run this challenge the entire time, but we had planned to run a free challenge Last minute, we decided that we were going to flip it and we were going to go ahead and make it a paid challenge, a low barrier paid challenge, but a paid challenge because we believe when people pay, they pay attention. And this five day challenge, which we called Think Like an Expert, we charged $37 for it. And this really is an experience in our business we are never going to forget. The impact, the level of engagement, the sincerity of those who showed up to make a change was nothing short of just awe-inspiring. The connections we were able to grow, the limiting beliefs we were able to help individuals overcome, the clarity people had coming out of the challenge. It was just really so beautiful. And it's no surprise that the leads from our challenge were our strongest from start to finish by far. Our sales conversion from the challenge itself into Knowledge Broker Blueprint was 12%. And, you know, it was, we had live videos where we had almost two thousand comments. I mean, we were having incredible show up rates. People were just, they were there to win. They were there to learn. They were, they were being like taught and they were open to being taught and they were just like soaking it all in. Oh, it was so incredible. But as a comparison, so our, our sales conversion for our leads in the challenge were 12%. Our overall Facebook lead sales conversion into Knowledge Broker Blueprint was less than 0.5%. So massive lesson learned. Challenge was incredible. It, It will forever stand out in my mind as one of the best things that we've done in our business. The biggest lesson, leads don't equal sales. But because we had never done this, we'd never gone all in on Facebook ads before and push notifications and messenger bots and Instagram stories and text messages. You know, we continued to push that. And we had great conversions in our messenger series that was, you know, top notch. It was really, really great. A lot of people were happy to provide their phone number to get text message updates. And so that was kind of like a side of things that we haven't dabbled too much in before. But when push comes to shove, your overall number of leads means nothing 
if they are not good leads. So, uh, I mean, end of the day, right? Well, not end of the day, but beginning of cart open, we drive traffic to the live training. And within 24 hours of cart open, we hadn't even reached 10% of our overall sales goal. Um, This was a complete shock to us, to be honest, especially because we wholeheartedly feel that Knowledge Broker Blueprint is such an incredible course and training. We've been through it multiple times. As John said earlier, this is our second year promoting the course. We consider Dean Graciosi and Tony Robbins our own personal online mentors. So, you know, looking back on it, like, was it the messaging? Was it the offer? Was it our leads? What the heck did happen with this? Because we've had our recap call, we've had our close down call, we've, you know, I've been looking at these numbers from every single different angle. And it's a really difficult question to answer. And we could totally go down a rabbit hole and make guesses. But of course, that helps no one. And instead, you know, we've chosen to learn from this experience to share our lessons learned with you and get ready for the next challenge that comes our way. And again, I'm going to be diving so much deeper into our lessons learned. Again, I'm going to be bringing our team members in so that they can share their lessons, stats. We're going to have the final, final, final results of the Knowledge Broker Blueprint launch for you in a recap post that I'm putting together. And uh, John, why don't you wrap it up? I mean, my, my biggest thing is that this was a win. We had an amazing experience teaming up with Jill and Josh. We learned so many lessons. We really showed up for our audience. Um, the ROI was not there, but we've learned so much from it so that we will never make these same mistakes again. Uh, what's your kind of like, ra- like put a bow on it? My wrap up's pretty similar. I mean, Kate and I looked at each other back in September and we said, listen, are we going to go all out on this? Because we're either going to go all out or just not going to do it at all. Like, like, let's not mess around because we want to finish top 10. We want to go back to Fiji those four days with Dean and with Tony and with the other top 10 uh, affiliates is such an amazing experience. So we wanted to experience that again. And so we said, we're either going to go all in and we're just going to, you know, put it all on the line or we're not. And we decided to go all in. So I'm really happy that we did. Again, like Kay said, we learned a lot. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of, you know, head banging moments of just like what's going on. But hey, that is life. That's being an entrepreneur. And at the end of the day, the reality is this offer did not convert. This offer did not convert. It didn't convert for us. And if it was just us, that would have been like, okay, we had terrible leads, but it wasn't just us. Every single affiliate that we've had conversations with had similar struggles. This offer did not convert for them. It didn't convert for us. It did not convert well for anybody. And sometimes that's just going to happen. Last year, lightning struck. It was lightning in a bottle. Everybody wanted to be a part of this and everybody joined and it was just like, wow, this is amazing. And this year that did not happen. Of course, people are going to join the same course two years in a row because it's the exact same course. And there just wasn't that new audience waiting to join this course, plain and simple. So the offer did not convert. So we did everything we could. We put the leads out there. We warned them up as best as we could. We had as much value as we could with our bonus experience. At the end of the day, the offer didn't convert. And sometimes you're just not going to be able 
to get around that Fire Nation. I mean, like my offer back in 2012 with the pod platform did not convert. Kate's offer with the Fire Path did not convert. Sometimes things are just not going to convert. And that is the situation with KBB and with this launch across the board, period, end of story. But again, a lot of great lessons learned. And Kate, before we jump into the income breakdown, why don't you uh, share with us a little COVID-19 spiel? Yeah, I mean, I have a a little bit deeper dive to do in the biggest lesson learned for March. But as you guys know, we've mentioned it several times on this income report, especially with our tax and legal tip from Josh and David. A lot has changed in the past several weeks. And (laughs) I mean, it really is hard to believe that just a month ago, everything was business as usual. I mean, it, it feels like a year ago. There have been, as with everything, you know, We don't just talk about lessons learned like to the nth degree for no reason. Everything that you're experiencing in your life and in your business can be turned into a lesson and the experiences that you're having can be used for future good, but you have to have that perspective and a few things that, you know, we've been really trying to focus on, really reminding ourselves of daily are things like, you know, we have so much to be grateful for. There are a lot of people in this world who are suffering a lot right now. And to not look around you and be incredibly grateful for what you do have. I mean, this is something we're practicing every day. Also, you know, asking yourself the right questions. We can certainly get stuck in a cycle of negativity and trying to control things that honestly, we do not have control over right now. Why do that when you could be asking yourself the right questions that are empowering and that, you know, lead to positive things like how could you come out of this a more resilient person? How can you be being an amazing role model for your children or for, you know, your audience who looks up to you in these times? Like what could you be doing right now to show them what it looks like to be a resilient person? And of course, I love this one. There's nothing like just pausing, taking time to reflect and taking time to reset. We have a pause in our world right now that's unlike anything any of us have probably ever experienced before. And I think that we have to be able to find an opportunity in that to pause, reflect and reset, whether that is in your personal life as it relates to your health and wellness, your relationships, maybe it's with your business, you know, it could be any number of things. But please give yourself that chance and know that John and I, our thoughts are with you. Our thoughts are with your families. This is such a difficult time and we're thinking of you and we hope that you are staying safe and healthy. Well said, Kate Lynn. Thank you for sharing that. And Fire Nation, let's move into our March 2020 income breakdown before Kate takes us home with her big idea and lesson learned. So, For March of 2020, our product and service income was $201,530. We ended up uh, doing 256 sales of our journals, the Freedom Journal, the Mastery Journal, and the Podcast Journal. Podcasters Paradise brought in $21,917. Our sponsorship, uh, our podcast sponsorship and special project income was really the doozy this month at $171,000. 
And our affiliate income was 18909 for the month. We did 8513 with ClickFunnels. We did 4962 with Knowledge Business Blueprint. And Create Awesome Online Courses brought in $679. Uh, Libsyn promo uh, for our affiliate was $1,000 even. And that brought our total gross income in March to 220439 And again, I was just picking out some of the... Um, some of the highlights, but you can go to eofire.com slash income for every single dollar that we made, just like you can go for every single expense we incurred, which was a total of $41,962. So that brought our total net profit to $178,477 for the month of March. And now let's pass it back over to Kate to talk about perspective. So again, let's uh, talk about shaking things up here. COVID-19 has now had us indoors and on lockdown since March 16th. So half of March, we have literally been in our house. (laughs) That's kind of crazy to think of it that way. Um, Puerto Rico was surprisingly ahead of the curve on this one, although much of that likely has to do with, you know, a less than ideal infrastructure, um, our community susceptibility to the virus, uh, any number of things. In any case, we are doing our best to every day focus on the right things. I mean, of course, we miss getting together with our friends. Yes, we wish we could take the trips that we had planned. We are absolutely praying for those who have lost their jobs, even family members, all the things that are happening to people right now um, who, you know, a lot of people are just in a really, really tough spot. But our current reality is what it is. And in a time like this, we turn to what we can control. And I believe that is our perspective. There's absolutely zero downplaying our current situation. The magnitude, what's happening in our world right now, it's probably bigger than what many of us are going to see in our entire lifetime. Still, your perspective is everything because you can choose to focus on everything that's going wrong or you can choose to focus on everything that is going right. I understand that this doesn't make the wrong stuff go away, but the opportunity available to us right now as online leaders is really unprecedented. Many individuals are living in a world of chaos. They have questions, they're struggling. There's so many unknowns. And right now you have the opportunity to be their light. You have the opportunity to be a constant for them when not many things in their everyday are constant. So I wanted to give you just a few ideas of how you can step up as an online leader during a time like this. And the first one, is pretty simple. It's something that we should all be doing anyways. And that is just showing up. Be the stability in someone's life because I can guarantee you that a lot of people really need that right now. Number two is to live in your space. Again, this pause is not a mistake. Start living and breathing and experiencing this newfound space that you have because you know what? Honestly, that space might not be around for long. And what's available to you when you take a step out of your everyday routines and the busyness and, you know, the going, 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 there's a lot of opportunity to discover new ideas, to reconnect with yourself, to reconnect with your family, your relationships, the list goes on. And number three is to keep your eye out for those new problems. Many of us are finding ourselves in the red, canceled agreements, forfeiting deposits, 
postponed events. There are more painful struggles out there right now than ever. And each is an opportunity, if you want it to be, to step up and create a solution for. Not in a greedy, sneaky way. You know, the example people love to give right now is like, do not go out and buy out all the cold medicine and then mark it up 100%, like not cool at all, but look for the opportunity by way of service. Now is your time. Now is your time to stand taller than you ever have before. Now is your time to shine, to show up for your people, to let them know that things are going to be okay because this too shall pass. And is everyone meant to rise right now? The honest answer is no, but the opportunity is there for those who feel pulled to step into it. And regardless, there are certain realities right now that will not change for a while. So start owning the things that you do have the ability to change. And not only will you be better for it, so will those around you. Fire Nation, this too shall pass. And Kate and I will see you on the flip side.